It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raising Golfers Podcast. I am your host, Travis Hauser, PGA Professional here in Carlsbad, California. Hope you're all having a fantastic week and appreciate you tuning in. This is episode 99. Yes, and next week is going to be episode 100. Kind of wild to think about that. And I did want to give everybody a heads up that episode 100 next week will be the final episode of this season and the podcast will be having a break for a little while. I want to make sure that I can continue to provide quality information and add value to you and your junior golf programs or your junior golfer or junior golfers if you're a coach. And I look forward to coming back after a small break here with the podcast, but I just want to give everybody a heads up. And appreciate you all tuning in. Now, today's episode is an interesting one. I've just got a new book and I've fallen in love with it immediately. And so the information I'm going to provide is a mixture of what I've experienced and then also things that I've already absorbed from this wonderful book. It's called Attention and Motor Skill Learning by Gabrielle Wolf. And it's it's really interesting because there's probably scenarios that you've gone through, whether it's with your own children or with your own students, or even you as a junior golfer playing golf, where like you can absorb the best instruction, the best coaching ever, or you can get the best information from whoever it is that's given it to you as a junior golfer, and then your performance gets worse. And as a golf coach, I've been there, I've done that. I mean, I've seen where I've overloaded students with too much information and to find out that the performance immediately suffers from it. Now, to some extent, when you are making changes and your comfort zone is a little bit more uncomfortable than normal, it's understandable that maybe, you know, the first few hits, first few days, maybe first few weeks, you're going to have a little bit of, of, of issues. However, I think there is a fine line of how much is too much and what information is needed and what information is not. So, uh, today, what I would like to start with is a very interesting scenario that the book talks about right away, and it's so true. And I've 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 been through this myself, and as a golfer, but then also just seen it again as a golf coach. But paying a, too much attention to one's actions can disrupt their performance. So what that means is, is like if you're thinking about all the technical things in your golf swing. And then you go on the golf course and you try to use those skills of everything you've learned out in the uh, uh, in the lesson tee or on the driving range, and you still have that technical mindset. It's going to be very difficult for you to be able to perform in a setting that that is going to be more stressful, which would be the golf course or in a tournament or a match or something like that. And so the book gives this really interesting example where if you're typing on a keyboard and you're just typing freely, you know, you're just doing your normal work, your speed's probably pretty good and your mistakes are probably minimal. But then they had some research where then a an instructor comes in and just watches over someone's shoulder as they're typing. And what they observed in the research was that then the person's speed of typing got slower 
and also the mistakes increased. And what they took away from it was that then the person was more conscious and aware of the movements that they were doing, and that was actually causing them to be less fluid and not be able to perform. Does this sound familiar to your own golf game? It does for me, at least. That's for sure. And, you know, I I read this stuff and I'm not saying I'm doing everything right. I'm still consciously trying to learn. I still make mistakes in all areas of life, including my coaching. And, I, you know, I want to get better. But it's helped me over the last 10 years lead to where I am, where, you know, my my premise with honestly, even my my private lessons as well is to teach lightly. And I'm reading a lot of things in this book where research also starts to back that up and how important that is as well. Uh, Now, the second thing I would like to bring up is just another situation and research project they had in the book that I also found fascinating. And for coaches, listen out there. This isn't any um, hit to us as instructors. It's just something for us to think about. And now let's hear a message from our show sponsor. Hey, guys. This last spring, I teamed up with Operation 36 here at our facility in Carlsbad, California, and it has completely changed my way of coaching and service to my customers. Operation 36 is a developmental golf program designed to take beginners from playing their first round to being able to shoot par or better for nine holes. So here's how it works. Participants attend weekly one-hour classes and work through a six-level curriculum. They then play in nine-hole events once or twice a month with a common goal to shoot 36 or better from different distances. And using the Operation 36 app, coaches can plan programs, communicate with families, and track students' progress. It's really, really cool. If you're a parent listening, search for a program near you on their website at operation36.golf forward slash juniors. And coaches, if you'd like to start a program at your facility, go to the same website, operation36.golf forward slash coaches. So there was another story in the book where it talks about the they had this machine that helps you train to ski for moguls and it's like you can kind of i'm not sure what the term is slalom or um move from left to right and they had a a number of people who had never done it before just be able to go and try it out and figure it out on their own and then they had a second group of people where they basically instructed them on what they need to do before they ever even step foot on this machine And over time, they were observing the progress of how well they were doing using this machine. And obviously how that pays off into the, you know, the real type of of skiing. And what they found out was, ironically, the people who just had to figure out how to use the machine and and ride on this skiing machine without any instruction perform better. And then they had a ski instructor come in or they said there was a ski instructor coming in to observe their performance. And guess what? The ones who had figured it on their own performed better in that situation. And there was an even bigger gap of performance for those who were instructed first on how to use that machine. Once they knew somebody was standing over their shoulder watching them, who was the quote unquote ski instructor and their performance dropped even more. So it's really interesting to think about this kind of stuff and how it goes into to golf. And I see this a lot in the driving range. You know, I see it out in the golf course as well. There's a lot of overcoaching and this kind of ties into, you know, again, back to philosophy. I like to use that I got from U.S. Kids Golf, which is to teach lightly. And I think if we if we're listing off a bunch of information to not only just junior golfers, but any student, you know, it's a lot to think about. 
And in my private golf lessons, I try to stick to one or maybe two points. And you'd be surprised how many times I still hear from students. That's a lot of information to take in. And if you think about it, from a coach's perspective, it only seems like one or two things, but we also aren't the students trying to perform it. So we have to be able to simplify it for them. So then the last thing I'd like to talk about that, you know, again, this is just some things that I got from the book. It's things that you've heard me say here on the podcast, if you've been an active listener over the last couple of years. And what these researchers found was that when given too many instructions, learners are more likely to adopt a controlled mode of information processing and tend to become preoccupied with thoughts about how they are executing the skill, which is assumed to be detrimental to their performance. You ever been guilty of that before? I have. So therefore, you know, making learners aware of their movements, it should be avoided as much as possible, I think, especially in the golf course scenario. And I've got to give a shout out to Lynn and Pia from Vision 54. They talk about how to become a player. A lot of the stuff that I'm reading in this really resonates with what they talk about. These are things that we talk about on our on-course golf class that we have on Friday evenings at our golf course. And it's to get the players to try to free themselves up and, and be more of a player and use more of their athletic side, not necessarily their conscious thought side or robotic side of the golf swing. So if you think about these things here and think about information and what we're saying and what we're trying to provide to our junior golfers, I think to sum this up would be we have to do a better job of knowing when help is needed and when help is not needed. And we have to also be aware of the information and words that we're saying and think, is this actually helpful or is it not? And you will learn by making mistakes, by giving a ton of information and then seeing your junior golfer swing and miss the golf ball or top it or hit it the wrong direction. And if we provide too much information and too many thoughts into their heads, even though it might be the correct information, it may not be the right time and it might be too much information for any human to digest. So I want all of us to help all of our junior golfers become better players, better athletes, and become more into the automated state of their performance, which does take time. And I know I'm leaving you a bit hanging here because there's a lot more that goes into this book and motor skills themselves. But I just wanted to tie in a couple of those stories and few points that I absorbed from the book that resonates with how I coach. And I think it kind of put words to the actions that I try to promote. And the stories behind that, I think, also goes with what I believe how we should teach junior golfers and also adults. So let's get out there. Let's help everybody become a better player. I hope you get a chance to look up this book. It's Attention and Motor Skill Learning by Gabriel Wolf. And also 